In this episode of Great Practices, I'm talking with Troy Robinson, Senior Director of Engineering with over 25 years of experience in software development. Listen into this episode as Troy discusses the difference between waterfall and agile development methods, how the scaled agile framework, or SAFE, fits into these models, and what PMOs and project managers can do to help or hurt projects that they manage in either of these methodologies. Plus, you'll find out why it depends is an answer you'll need to get used to when it comes to picking the best methodology and ultimately what all successful projects are built upon. It's hard to say when something is a best practice, but it's much easier to know when something is a great practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. Interviews with PMO and project management leaders who, through years of trial and error, have discovered their own great practices and are now sharing their insights with you. Now, sit back and enjoy the conversation as Chris Kopp uncovers another great practice in this episode. Well, we'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of Great Practices, and we've got another great guest on today, Troy Robinson, who is going to be discussing with us uh, some of the various development methodologies. Because uh, when you think about it, PMOs, project managers, we generally work in matrix organizations. So we don't have direct reports necessarily, but we'll borrow resources from functional managers. Uh, Sometimes this is going to turn into beg, borrow, steal, whatever it takes to get the job done. And there's definitely pros and cons of not having direct reports. A pro, whole lot fewer performance reviews that we have to deal with, right? But there's also a whole lot less control and there's much more reliance upon influence and persuasion and relationships. And while this next one is not necessarily a con, we also need to speak whatever language the team is that you're managing speaks. You got to be fluent enough in how they converse and how they talk to each other and the way that work flows through their teams. So, If you're working with a financial team, you need to understand their domain. If you're working with a marketing team, you need to understand their domain. HR, same thing. And this especially applies to development and engineering teams. So today, we are going to get a little bit of a language lesson today from Troy Robinson uh, when it comes to these different development methodologies and helping us really understand uh, the language and the flow of work that can work through these different teams right there. So it'll be enough to know uh, the differences. We'll talk a little bit about the high level of the differences between the different methodologies, the pros and cons, and the trick question, which one is the best? So Troy, we are glad that you're on Great Practices today, and we'd like to welcome you and looking forward to the session. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I know it took a while for us to connect, but I'm so excited to be here uh, and be a part of your podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you joining and I know you're busy, so uh, we'll get right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do, a little bit more about your background? Yep. As you stated, Troy Robinson, uh, I've been in this field, engineering field for about 25 years now. Uh, Currently, I work for a major Omni retailer. Uh, Most people would know the retailer, but I'm not going to mention the name. Um, So senior director, Uh, And I manage and lead uh, software engineering teams in Dallas, Atlanta, and as well as Bentonville, Arkansas. My background go as far back as 
my early days um, as a junior engineer uh, and moving my way into leadership and been in the leadership space for probably the last 15 or so years. Excellent. So we are, sounds like you're going to know what you're talking about here. So we're looking forward to, to this conversation then for sure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the trick question though. <laughs> it's not too hard. So what, Troy, what, what is your definition of a PMO? We, we start out with that question because everybody has just a slightly different definition of what that is. So what's your definition? I almost call that a trick question Okay, because, because it really depends. I've been in organizations where PMO strictly manage project managers that project managers manage projects, yeah. uh, whether they were waterfall, agile, or any other methodology. Uh, then I've been in organizations where PMO actually owned finance as well as some other aspect of getting work done. Uh, my ideal uh I would say PMO organization is one that actually manages the finances for us, especially on the engineering side, but also uh, in a sense, guide us through some of the roadblocks uh, that we encounter, whether it's within our current org or, for example, if there's a shared services organization, typically try to bridge that gap for us. Uh, so, uh, so that's my perspective. I mean, there's some good and there's some bad. Yeah, for sure. So it sounds like your ideal, your ideal PMO is that, that they're, they're going to clear those roadblocks, they're going to bridge the gaps, and they're going to pay for it along the way by managing your finances, right? That's your, your perfect definition. <laughs> That's good, man. So Troy, you've been doing this, you've been doing this for a while now. Um, what are some of the different development methodologies that are out there? Like, what are some of the things that you've seen uh, people use over the years? Yeah. So over the years, I've seen Waterfall, right? I think at one point that was the only one we had back in the day. Yep. Um, and then there's Agile. And then under Agile, you, you can have Scrum, Kanban, as well as I think Extreme Programming falls under that. Um, you also have some others such as SAFE, which is Scale Agile Framework. Uh, which is just managing Agile on a much, much larger scale. Okay. So which one of these is the best then? They're, they're, here's the trick question. Which which one of these that you mentioned is the best path to go down? Well, I think it really depends, right? Um, I think there are appropriate times to use Waterfall. And today, I think most of us try to use Agile uh, as much as we can. I think Waterfall, if you have something with strict deadlines that require you to deliver something specifically, um, I always use the example of government regulatories around drug manufacturing. Okay. It, to adhere to those, you can't be agile because you need to deliver something at the end yep. that's working. Yep. Uh, whereas with agile, you could iterate, test and learn. Um, so, so it really depends on, on what you're doing. And, and sometimes it's okay to use, if we're talking about agile, like Scrum and Kanban, right? Okay. I think a lot of teams today use this Kanban board uh, as part of their Scrum methodology. Yeah. 
so it's okay to kind of blend some of those together, right? Over time. Um, oh, absolutely. Through that. So let's let's dig into each one of these just a little bit more, you know. And you kind of started with some of the pros and cons. So so first of all, and you know, most of our listeners may know this, but this may be due to some. What what is waterfall? Like, how would you define waterfall methodology? Yeah, waterfall is you're really going step by step from idea business requirements or user stories, everything is clearly defined. Then I start development, then I test, and then I deploy. You know, there may be some going back and forth between testing and and um, fixing bugs or those type things, but, but it's really uh, very concise steps in the process. Got it. So very linear, right? Is what you're saying. Like you've moved from one and moved to two, three, four, and it's very step-based approached. Got it. Um, And like you said, you gave that example of like, like uh, drugs, right? Like you've got to have a product at the end. So it's kind of perfect for those types of situations, right? Absolutely. I think um, a lot of government processes or regulations is, is very appropriate. So, Troy, what what would be a, a time that we would not use waterfall? What would you recommend uh, for that? I think using waterfall is appropriate if you're trying to iterate and test and learn. And when you're dealing with, say, your operations team and they don't know exactly what they want, yep. Agile is probably the more appropriate methodology because it gives you an opportunity to listen and really close that feedback loop tightly um, so that you're not delivering something at the end of the development cycle that they really will not use or don't want. So if you've got a clear end deliverable in mind, right? You got a clear goal, right? It sounds like that's what, and and everybody's agreed and everybody knows that's exactly what they want. That sounds like when waterfall would would be perfect, right? Well, actually, you still could use Agile. Okay. Right. In a sense, if you're breaking up the work in more manageable pieces. Got it. Uh, so, again, it, it really depends. Um, I, would, I would say um, if you want to still get a feedback loop or close that feedback loop, even if you don't have a if you have exact requirements, right, and there's nothing to deliver um, at each iteration, you still could you still could do agile. Uh, but but I prefer if you're in the example we use the you know regulatory drug serialization as an example. You do want to deliver at the end, right? So it's best to just I would say waterfall would be more appropriate. And I, and I think I think we're going to hear it depends a lot, right? That is typically the case, uh, and, and sometimes we we do use a combination of all of them. Uh, and when I say all of them, sometimes we do get requirements, but we may develop in an agile way. So let's talk about agile. What is agile? How does that work? So agile is. I would say it's it's a lot more flexible than waterfall, right? And you don't have to have everything clearly defined before you start developing. Um, and usually, usually we start out with um, 
working with our product managers and or product owners and get user stories, right? And we plan them and then we go into development and sprints and sprints are typically a couple of weeks, but in agile, actually sprints can be whatever time frame you set. Okay. If you're doing more frequent sprints, you can deliver and get feedback pretty quickly Got from it. the end user before you proceed to the next sprint, which is actually, you know, part of the ceremony of, of, of agile as well is, is getting that feedback. So what would you say, like, again, pros, cons, when to use, when not to use, what would you lay out for? Well, I think when, like we said before, for in cases where things are well-defined and an example, I hate to keep going back to the same example, but if it's something more regulatory, yeah, waterfall is appropriate, but I think either way, even in that case, you can develop in agile fashion. And I really love agile because you can get that feedback or, or, and you can um, break work into sizable chunks. Uh, so, and sometimes that helps the team. So they're not overwhelmed. And then also they can see results versus waiting towards the very end of a project, right. uh, get that feedback. But, but I, I tend to either way from an engineering standpoint, uh, lean towards um, agile and agile way of working. Got it. And I guess as part, part of the goal of that agile uh, development methodology is that they, you will have a useful uh, functionality basically, right? Something is going to work within that short period of time that you're going to develop. You'll be delivering value to the, to the user, right? That's kind of the goal of that whole piece, right? Absolutely. And then just getting that feedback and know what you're doing, because sometimes for us as engineers, we think we understand, understand the business operations and what it's really going to use, be used for until they actually get the product that we developed based on what we thought they wanted. Uh, so it's good to get that feedback pretty quickly. It kind of reminds me, I, I don't know if you've seen, yeah, I know you've seen it, that cartoon of that tire swing, you know, that says it starts out with like what the customer wanted, you know, what the record, what the analysts recorded, what the project manager thought it was and then what was actually delivered. And it's like entirely and totally different. Right. And that's exactly what can happen with waterfall. Right. Yep. It, is if once you go down that path, you can be so far removed from the original requirements. Whereas with Agile, right, you're, you're staying close. And again, closing that loop between the feedback from the user or operations and engineering. Yeah. And I think and it, it makes perfect sense because, I mean, even if you think about, you, you, you know, if you're off course, like some flight may be off course, like one degree or something like that. You know, if you're, if you're just off course a short period of time, you can, you can come back and you can get back on track quickly. Right. But if you're just keeping down that path, you know, hours and hours and hours later or weeks and weeks later, when it comes to development or months for heaven's sake, you could be way off course. Right. And that just could end up to be exactly what is not needed at that point in time there. Yeah, and and you know when we talk about money and PMO yep. helping, yep. right? That is wasteful, right? And, and a lot of times organizations do because 
they're going down that long path and they get to the end and it's not what the user wants and what was delivered. (laughs) You have to go back and, and in some aspects, start over. And the further you're down that path, the more expensive it is, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So you had mentioned something uh, earlier about SAFE. What, what is SAFE? What does it stand for? How does it tie into Agile? What is that all about? Uh, scale Agile Framework. Okay. Right. And, and I think I've, I've seen it in action a few times, and, and I really like it. And it's really for, if you think about scale, it's really an entire organization being agile. Mm. Uh, and, and some of the key ceremonies as part of that is like PI planning and PI planning at a Uber global organization level is, is where it really is beneficial because every, say if you have multiple pillars in an organization, and those pillars are dependent on each other. Yeah. You can really understand timing and dependencies. And so you can align and deliver more efficiently and effective, which is kind of one of the principles of scale agile framework framework. Now you're saying PI planning. What, what does that mean? What does that stand for? What does that look like? Program increment. In examples that I've seen or that I've used, that is where we get all of our product people together across as, as in our example of pillars, we get all our product people together along with engineering and some of the key leaders and lay out. Here's what we're doing as an organization from a roadmap perspective. Yep. Um, and then just getting a, alignment. In some cases you would spend a couple of days doing this uh, to understand um, again all those dependencies, all those, all the timing. Uh, so for PI planning, it's a, it's a, it's a good way to get a good vision and actually develop your roadmap as an organization. So yeah. there, there huge upside to uh, PI planning as part of uh, Safe. So it's the, it's, it's basically, Hey, as an organization, where are we going? And then how are we going to get there? Right. There's the, there's the roadmap that everybody is putting together and all the reliances and dependencies that have to go on there and uh, getting that all done at one time. Yeah. And another thing I I love about safe too, you really kind of define roles and responsibilities as well. Um, You know, I, I think people use, product owners and product managers interchangeably, right? And and in those cases, they are different and they serve a different purpose. Uh, For example, um, product owners really work closely with the engineering team, right? To deliver, make sure the team understands scope and as well as what are we delivering? And then the product manager uh, essentially is looking you know, more broader working with typically operations in the business um, to understand their needs and then cascading that down to the team. I also say the product manager is also the protector of the team as well, right? Because usually the business may ask for something that may not be feasible or may want to change requirements. 
in scope. And so that person is, I think, is critical, especially when it comes to engineering. That's got to be a big job then, right? <laughs> you know, as far as being the protector of the team. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, the thing about SAFE, though, is all, all about getting things done faster with efficiency and with some level of engineering excellence. Nice. So, Troy, let me ask you this then. Um, we're going to kind of shift gears a little bit. We talked about, you know, what Waterfall is, what Agile is, how SAFE uh, incorporates into, you know, into that equation right there. Um, I, I want to talk about how these methodologies would interact with a PMO, you know. What would be some things that a PMO um, does that could hurt or help, uh, like let's say a waterfall team? Well, I think a, a waterfall team, I, I think they're very helpful in the sense of like laying out the scope at a broader level because they may have uh, a, a larger vision of how our piece of work impacts something larger. Um, and then, as I mentioned, in a waterfall, right, keeping track of financials um, and making sure we're hitting our targets. Um, and I think the the other thing, too, is a lot of these projects have statuses. Yeah. So we usually say that's the responsibility of the PMO either to provide a project manager as part of the team yep. and then roll that up to the PMO and communicate that to the organization. So it takes a little work, a little burden off the uh, core engineering team. So if I'm reading between the lines, like if they basically are there being able to help out with the status, providing, you know, updates, kind of taking that administrivia piece off of the engineering team. Let those guys focus. Like you said, clearing that they can clear the path. They can help clear the path is what a PMO can do. I assume that part of the hurting part could be, it's like putting a lot more administrivia on the team, right? Oh, absolutely. And I've seen that where we were spending more time providing updates than actually getting work done. Yeah. And that can be very distracting to the team. Um, and then I would say sometimes, you know, the challenges can be is when you look at the PMO, sometimes that technical acumen is not there. Mm. So trying to get them up to speed or them understanding your challenges uh, can be sometimes a problem. And sometimes you're spending more time explaining it to them and then explaining it to someone else uh, so that they can get, get past either a hurdle or roadblock. That's a good point. They, 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 they should take some of that responsibility on themselves to kind of understand even the technical side of things, right? That would be helpful. Yeah, that's always the best, I say project managers or PMO organization are the ones that are really understand the technology that we're dealing with. Yep the business problem we're trying to solve. I yeah. think once you're too mar far removed from that and just reporting status and looking at finance, it's, it's, it can, it can, it can hurt the team yeah. overall. Is there uh what about agile uh, as far as what 
would there be anything different that they could do to help or that they would be hurting agile teams? Yeah, I think the biggest difference, I mean, I think a lot of the things are the same. I think the biggest difference is understanding the methodology and the iterations yeah. and knowing that the timelines may shift in agile, yeah. right? So understanding, um, and I say timelines as well as the priorities may shift based on either findings or, or the, you know, the business or operations can prioritize work over other. Um, and, and so I know sometimes the PMO wants to see very defined time slices, uh, which in Agile is not always the case. So it sounds like uh, the project managers need to be a little agile then, right? When it's all said and done. I, w- I would say so, sir. <laughs> um, and, and you are right, because that, that kind of goes against the grain, right, of, of most project managers. is like, you know, everything is in a bucket. Everything's black and white. Everything's planned out. What? We got to change. This is a different part. We just started this. We got to move this around. That has a tendency to drive project managers crazy. But that's... The environment, right? Yeah, that is that is the the environment. But I think as you know, project managers or PMO organization have to learn how to navigate in those in, in those situations. And again, I think it's understanding what's being delivered, as well as understanding, you know, that they need to be a little agile as well. Yeah. Right. Uh, because that's how work gets done. You know, that's how you get efficiencies is being able to pivot based on business needs. Yep, for sure. So, Troy, regardless of the methodology that's used, um, what is it? What is it that really counts? You know, what helps get the work done, basically? No, for me, I think, you know, you take pieces of a lot of the methodologies and, and work what works best for your team. Um, And I think I mentioned before, right? A lot of teams use Scrum as one of their agile methodology, but they also use Kanban, the Kanban board, and they operate, you know, they take bits and pieces. Um, So, and the other piece of that is, you know, in my career, it's been about building relationships. Yeah. And once you build that relationship, especially, you know, as part of agile, right, you're, you're you're doing retrospectives and you're understanding the team and you're building those relationships within the team. And, and when you have those relationships, you're actually more efficient. Yep. Uh, and because you can help uplift those that are um, may not be up to the level you want them. Um, and then you also can see where your gaps are, um, and you can help elevate the team from there. But, I, but I think the, the biggest thing is how do we get work done and how do we deliver for the business? And I've seen once the business and operations understand agile, they appreciate it as well because they get to see something and they're engaged along the way. Perfect. So, Troy, is there anything else uh, you'd like to add about selecting or using these different these different methodologies that we haven't covered? 
Yeah, I, I hate to start it off my statement by how we started out the conversation, right? It really depends. And I think you really have to understand what works for you. A lot of times it's really a combination of multiple methodologies. I say with an agile, right? They're couple Kanban and Scrum, but you may mix the two. Uh, I think most teams use the Kanban board in their Scrum methodology. Hmm. And you know what? It actually doesn't hurt to use it in Waterfall either, right? Because you can actually uh, see the work getting done and moving along. So in this world of being agile, delivering quickly, we should try to find the right medium, right, uh, to get work done. But always remember, though, it's it's also about the relationships and, and how you get work done as well. Uh, because sometimes those relationships will also remove hurdles and blockers quickly. So what I'm hearing you say is basically make it work for you. Right. You can you can customize whatever the methodology is. Right. So you could start with the framework, but you can bring in a little bit here or a little bit there or do it a little bit differently here. Whatever's whatever's custom for you that, you know, works getting stuff done and just get along with people in those relationships. Right. Yeah. Just like us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, this was very insightful, and uh, I know that our listeners will definitely benefit from this. If uh, anybody wanted to get in touch with you, wanted to discuss any of these ideas further, what's what's a good way to reach you, Troy? Obviously, you can always find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'll try to post more these days, but Troy B as in boy Robinson uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also reach me at Troy B Robinson at gmail.com. Excellent. I would love to have conversations with anyone or uh, give you any additional insights. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on today, Troy. It was a great conversation and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, Chris, thanks for having me. Well, that was another great episode of Great Practices, and we certainly do appreciate Troy Robinson being on today and uh, sharing his decades uh, of experience in engineering and development and sharing that with us today. So what did we learn? What were some of these great practices that came out of it? Well, he talked about the difference between waterfall and agile. Uh, Waterfall methodology being that step-by-step linear uh, progression of events, right? You start with an idea, you start with requirements, user stories, then you do development, then you do testing, then you deploy, and it's all very linear and step-by-step approach. This seems to work well for uh, a very defined end result. You know, he was talking about pharmaceutical companies and drugs and government type projects where you know exactly what the end result needs to be. And that lends itself more toward that waterfall methodology. By contrast, there's agile methodology. That's the methodology that uh, many companies use nowadays, a lot more flexible. Uh, Not everything is clearly defined before you start developing. Uh, There's more frequent, smaller releases, which allows you to get feedback quicker, uh, make adjustments, and figure out what you want along the way. 
so that's really popular with many teams nowadays, and it helps the teams, you know, not get overwhelmed and helps the customers uh, course correct as they begin to see this value being delivered. In addition to that, he talked about safe. Now, this is really taking agile and moving it to the organizational level. That's safe, scaled, agile framework, which is really the entire organization uh, becoming agile. That's where he talked about the uh, PI planning, the program increment planning, where everybody comes together in the company, in the organization, all the different departments, talks about, you know, what's coming up, what's on the roadmap, uh, what dependencies are there going to be upon each other, what we can you help each other out with, what's going to be in the way, uh, and getting all the engineering leaders and key leaders together to discuss that in order to come up with a roadmap that can be sustained uh, in the coming months. I thought this was very interesting when it came to how to interact with the PMO or how the PMO can interact and help or hurt these different types of methodologies. Uh, when it came to waterfall, he said, lay out the scope from a broader level. Uh, you know, the PMO would have maybe a bigger picture of where this particular project would fit into everything else. So help the teams understand what the bigger picture is. Uh, keep track of financials. Keep track of the targets that are ahead. Uh, work on the statuses, right? That's the responsibility of the PMO. You can take that burden uh, off of the core engineering team by doing a lot of that work that, uh, you know, could be considered administrative, and being able to allow them to focus on more the engineering tax tasks. What about those things that could hurt uh, a development or an engineering team when it comes to interacting with your PMO? Keep the administrivia away from the team. You know, sometimes uh, we could lend itself toward putting a lot of updates and status and timesheets and all of these types of things where people are finding that they're doing more work on updates than they're actually getting work done. So we always need to be mindful of that and uh, not overwhelm our engineering teams. Then he talked about what can help from an agile perspective. So if our PMO is developing or working with teams that are uh, developing with an agile methodology, uh, basically said, hey, understand the methodology, understand uh, the iterations Understand that timelines may shift, priorities may shift, and that's the nature of Agile. Uh, you know, we as PMO leaders many times want those uh, very defined time slices, and we want those very defined deliverables that's going to be occurring, and we want to stick to a plan. But that's not always uh, what happens when it comes to Agile. So learn to navigate in these situations uh, and also, I thought this was interesting as well, obviously, is get to know some of the technology behind what you're managing. Uh, you know, it's always good to have that technical side in order to understand and help the teams out. Finally, what helps get the work done, regardless of the methodology? Basically, I like the fact that Troy said, hey, just do what works for you. If you need to combine uh, this piece of this methodology, this piece of this methodology, this tool, whatever it is, you could actually do waterfall and uh, agile combined and pulling in the different ceremonies into these uh, methodologies. Do what works for you. 
and ultimately build relationships with your team and with others in your organization in order to get the work done. That's ultimately what it comes down at the end of the day. Make it work for you, build those relationships, and you'll uh, get the work done. So again, we'd like to thank uh, Troy Robinson for being on today and taking time out of his schedule to come on uh, Great Practices. You have a great practice you'd like to share? Uh, go to the PMOleader.com, click on Explore, Great Practices Podcast, and fill out the form at the bottom of the screen. Someone will get in touch with you shortly. Also, be sure not to miss uh, a single episode by subscribing to Great Practices on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you hear, uh, be sure to share this with your manager, your colleagues, and anybody else that you think would benefit. So thanks again for listening to today's episode and keep putting great practices into practice.